On today's Locked On Texan podcast, Cameron Wolf of the NFL Network joins the show to discuss the Miami Dolphins ahead of Saturday's preseason game. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to a hump day episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Shout out to everybody that checks the show out Monday through Friday, stopping by once again to talk Texan. If you are new to the Locked On Texan Podcast, be sure to subscribe, like, and comment to the Locked On Texan Podcast on YouTube and wherever you listen to your podcast. And as always, I am your Texans football analyst, Don, some sports guy hitting Joined by none other than Cody M. M stands for Mama Davis, <laughs> reporter, credential, media member, and writer for Sports Illustrated. As we are joined by Cameron Wolf of the NFL Network to discuss the Miami Dolphins. Yes, sir. I had an opportunity to catch up with Cameron Wolf, national TV reporter for the NFL Network, who shares some insight on what is going on or what has been going on with the Miami Dolphins as they prepare to take on the Houston Texans, not only for Saturday's preseason game, but for two joint practices. So, Cameron, can you start by telling us what have you been hearing about the Dolphins coming out of training camp as they prepare for their two-day joint practice against the Houston Texans? Yeah, Cody, I've actually watched most of the Dolphins practices uh, this offseason. And, you know, the buzz around this team is it's the most talented team they've had maybe since Dan Marino's there. Mm. You, you have the the talent they bring back, like Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle and Tua. And then you add Jalen Ramsey along with Vic Fangio, their new defensive coordinator, and a couple other additions. And there is an optimism buzzing here. And then second day of training camp hits and Jalen Ramsey goes down with a significant knee injury, a mm-hmm. torn meniscus that's going to leave him out until at least uh, late in the season. And so that took a little bit of the buzz out of the team. Um, but I think this is a team that still expects to be a playoff team competing for that AFC East. That offense, once again, uh, should be explosive. And the big question surrounding them is can they keep their quarterback, number one, healthy? He missed five mm-hmm. games last year with that concussion. And so they've been doing a lot. They've been trying to have him do jujitsu in the offseason to learn how to fall, transfer his energy to the ground. He's been trying out new helmets to try to help and minimize those concussions as well. And I'm, I'm told he's added a bunch of muscle and weight overall to his frame as well. So those are some things that the quarterback's trying to do. But the reality is we won't know until the season goes about if he can stay healthy. Uh, but the biggest visual difference I can tell is you can already start to see some of the scheme differences uh, that the Dolphins defense is putting together with Vic Fangio. And that should be a much improved unit on that side of the ball. Mm. You talked about the defense and Vic. Can you just talk about what you have been seeing from that defensive side of the ball? Because down here in the city of Houston, one of the things that I think a lot of people are excited about is because it gives our rookie quarterback, C.J. Stroud, an opportunity to go up against a defense and a team that's not his teammates, and he gets an opportunity to kind of go through his reads with different packages and just a whole entire defense in general. Yeah, this will be a different challenge for CJ and one that probably Mm -hmm. is uh, one that could be trouble for a rookie quarterback. So Vic Vangio's scheme, in essence, is is very much of uh, different disguises. And what they've done, even in their limited reps of showing us their scheme in practice, is they've shown us very similar snap looks before the snap. 
once the snap hits, they switch into their defense. It's a lot of early disguises. Um, they they always show a cover two zone uh, shell, and then they switch to something else. And when you do that, you you really you know confuse the quarterback's eyes, and you you uh, you you force them to make decisions in a very short period of time. And so I've seen the Dolphins' defense really get after the Dolphins' offense really over the last week and a half with that scheme. You know they've they've really forced some rough days on the offensive line with their pressure fronts, with the twists and games they play up front. And so Texans have a really good offensive line. I really like what they built there. So I'm eager to see how they can handle some of those pass rushers up front. Your Jalen Phillips, your Bradley Chubb, and then your Christian Wilkins and Zach Sealer inside. It's a it's a really good front versus a, a really good offensive line. And so I'm eager to see that. But CJ is going to have certainly quite a few uh, difficult scheme looks to look at. And I think that's what makes the Dolphins defense uh, definitely more of a challenge to face this year. Hmm. You can't talk about Miami without mentioning Tua and this explosive offense. So now let's switch over to the offensive side of the ball. What have you seen from Miami's offense? And what kind of growth have you seen from Tua as he enters year four? Well, first of all, Tyreek Hill still can't be covered. Uh, I've watched him uh, several <laughs> weeks now. And trust me, I, I, I have no further update than Tyreek Hill is still him. He's still mm-hmm. the guy that, that you imagine him to be. He said he's going to go for 2,000 yards and break the NFL receiving record. And who am I to doubt him? I watch him break open against whatever defenders against him every day in practice. And so mm-hmm. Tyreek Hill is still unstoppable. Uh, but the Dolphins offense has very much been a very boom or bust offense through training camp, mm-hmm. especially the last couple of weeks. When they aren't getting the ball to Tyreek Hill, they've struggled to move the ball consistently. And uh, their offensive line in particular has given up a lot of quarterback pressure. Um, Tua has looked good so far this camp. I'd say he has a good camp, but i say over the last week, the offense has struggled a bit. They've scuttled. Uh, Jalen Waddle went down with a, a core injury during Atlanta Falcons joint practices last week, and we haven't seen him since. And since then, it's been very much Tyreek or nothing offense. And so they fell into a little bit of that last year, where it's very much the big plays, and uh, and they got themselves in trouble. They want to run the ball better this year. Mike McDaniel promised his running backs he'd run more. Uh, they were 31st in attempts last year, and so I'm eager to see what he does there. But I think uh, Tua right now, they're trying to figure out who their secondary weapons will be. We know Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle are going to eat. Who steps up as that third receiving weapon? Is it one of the running backs like Raheem Mostert or, or Jeff Wilson or Devon A-Chain, the rookie, uh, who they like a lot? Or is it going to be one of the secondary receivers like Braxton Berrios or, or chose Robbie Chosen, who they picked up in free agency, or uh, Cedric Wilson? That's something that they're still figuring out, and nobody's really separated themselves. So another week of joint practice, another week of preseason for them to figure that out. And the Texans defense gives them another good challenge because I really like Jalen Petrie out there. You get Derek mm. Stickley. Um, that secondary is going to have some fun battles between those uh, those receivers. <laughs> yeah, man, this defense is something special. As a matter of fact, following Monday's day of training camp, they are up to, I think, 13 takeaways and about okay. 10 interceptions. And Steven Nelson got like four all by himself alone. So, okay. Cameron, along those same lines, you know, every time we, you know, look up anything that got to do with the Miami Dolphins down here in the city of Houston, we get the same name. You you know, the big, the big four, as I like to call them. But right. who are some of the other guys who are kind of, kind of falling under the radar throughout um, Dolphins training camp. 
Well, I'll start with one guy who shouldn't be under the radar. Christian Wilkins is um, has been one of, if not their best player uh, throughout training camp. He has been dominant. He's a big defense tackle in the middle. He hasn't had big sack numbers. So I think mm-hmm. people forget about him. But if you ask offensive coordinators who they're worried about, they talk about 94 and Aqua. And so he's actually due a big contract extension uh, this offseason. This is his plan on his fifth year option. Uh, but he is a monster inside. And he's a guy that really disrupts centers and guards consistently. And his buddy, Zach Sealer, who's also even more underrated as far as name value, uh, is also a guy that wreaks havoc inside. So those two guys, you're probably going to hear um, their name and joint practices quite a bit. Um, and then on the, the back end, Javon Holland um, is a really good safety. Uh, he's kind of similar to Jalen Petrie. He's a year older as far as the game, but I think both of those players are going to be considered one of the top safeties in football in due time. And so Jalen Petrie's probably got a little bit further to go, but Javon Holland in this year three has already kind of popped up as a name for some people in the league. But I think as far as a national name, he's not there yet. So Javon Holland on that defense side of the ball, as well as Jalen Phillips, their edge rusher, those are two guys that could be in the midst of breakout seasons. And I'll give you one more on that side of the ball. Cater Kohu, he was an undrafted cornerback for them a year ago. He started a lot of games. Um, He was supposed to fall back a little bit and roll with Jalen Ramsey Mm -hmm. uh, coming in, but now Jalen Ramsey's hurt and you need somebody else to step up. And so Cater Kohu, uh, Xavier Howard tells me he's a dog. He's 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 one of their guys that they trust, and uh, you're going to see him in a lot of those battles against some of the Texans receivers. And on the offensive side of the ball, I, I told you they're trying to figure out some of their weapons um, and who's going to step up as a secondary weapon. But the one guy who has flashed consistently has been the rookie I mentioned, Devon A. Chain. He's their running back. They drafted him in the third round. Texas kid out of Texas, Texas A&M. Um, he's small. He's probably about 5'7", five, 5'8". 180, 185 pounds, uh, but he is super fast. He is part of uh, probably the NFL's fastest offense. Him, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Raheem Mostert, all are 4-2 or 4-3 guys. Uh, they talk about they can run a 4 by 4 track team with all that speed. <laughs> so he's a guy on the offensive side of the ball that will probably catch your eye as well that you may not know his name. Awesome. Sounds good. Cameron, last question before we getting out of here. In general, when you take a look at the Miami Dolphins as a whole, and I kind of – I think I know where you're going to go with this answer, but do you think this is going to be the year Miami finally take that jump into championship contention? I think they have the talent too. I think health is the Mm -hmm. big concern, right? We talked about Tua staying healthy. I can't promise you that Tua is going to stay healthy. I have no crystal ball. That's something like I can tell you how they look on offense, tell you how they look on defense. You ask me if Tua is going to stay healthy. I don't know. I, I know that he's trying and they're doing everything they can. But if you tell me that Tua is going to play 17 games this season, um, then I will tell you that the Dolphins should be a championship contender. Uh, that That's how I feel about this team. I feel like they have the talent to do it. I feel like this team, when healthy, can go neck and neck with the Bills for the AFC East title with the Jets there as well. Um, and I can certainly see them winning the division. And if you win your division, then you're right there with, with the rest of the AFC teams trying to compete for that championship. And so a healthy Tua for 17 games, a championship contender. No healthy Tua, then no, they'll struggle to make the playoffs. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this Wednesday installment of Locked On Texans. Once again, that was Cameron Wolf, national TV reporter for NFL Network. You can follow him on Twitter at Cameron Wolf, and Wolf is spelled W O L F E. John, today marks the first of two days of joint practices for the Houston Texans. I'm really excited about it because you heard Cameron talk about it. 
you know, I think the biggest important factor of joint practices is, is of course, the rookie quarterback, C.J. Stroud himself. As Cameron put it, Vic's defensive scheme can be tricky for a rookie yeah. quarterback. And I like that because the quicker he learns, the quicker he get adjusted, the better he will be, not just for the 2023 campaign, but for the, for the rest of his entire career. I think this is an awesome opportunity for C.J. Stroud's learning development and curve right now, guys. Mm-hmm. And uh, simply because let's look at some of the things that we know Vic Fangio loves to do. In Fangio's last season with the Broncos back in 2021 before he was let go, he took a year off a little bit in between time, but ended up consulting to the Philadelphia Eagles in that defense, and we saw how good they were especially with Jordan Davis. But if you go back to the last full year of a, as a coach, Denver finished first in the NFL and using two high safety shells. For reference, Miami finished 32nd in two high safety shells usage in 2021 and 22. But Angelo's defense loves to limit the big plays downfield. So for reference, back during the 2021 season, Fangio last season, catches of at least 20 yards or more, 48th, which was tied for 12th fewest in the NFL. His Denver defense never finished higher than 13th in the NFL blitz rates, according to Sports Info Solutions. Here's another advantage of C.J. Stroud being able to take this game as a learning lesson. But Ryan's, McDaniel, Sloick, they were all part of the Niners coaching staff at a time, so this is an excellent opportunity for Stroud to make plays versus a defensive coordinator who has an advantage over you because of the system you're in and his head coach is going to run into some of the similar things. And so let me tell you why I like this, man. This is an opportunity to get the reps against a defense that wants to beat you by the sky. So, Cody and listeners, we talked about C.J. Ball, C.J. Stroud getting the ball out quickly, taking what the defense gives him then what better team to do it against than the Miami Dolphins right now that's led by Vic Vic Fangio? We know he'll be eager to establish his defense. You want to see C.J. make those adjustments at the line of scrimmage and audibles out there if need be. Fangio is known to to run that cover four defense, cover six defense, and then disguise it as something else. And at the last second, again, after the snap, then your DB is doing this, your safety is doing this, your linebacker, is not only not drop covering the flats anymore, he's covering maybe the, the, the uh, corner curl. So you love to see the different types of coverages potentially that C.J. Stroud will be seeing that mixing up because overall you want to see him get better. Also something that I picked up on years ago, I didn't know the name of it for the offensive line who needs to have a better outing. Laramie Tunsil should be playing this game. Uh, then we'll see more of a fuller offline. I'm eager to see how they handle that 6-1 tilt where they have six of their defensive line pinched in with a linebacker sitting right on top of them. That's normally how they try to, between Vic Fangio's and his defense, how he tries to limit some of the comfortability of the offensive line, which in turn, that throws off the, entire comfortability of the offense. If your offensive line cannot protect and block for your quarterback or block for your running back, well, I can't wait to talk about Damian Pierce, then that's going to cause some disruption and nobody's going to get comfortable throughout the entire night. 
Uh, so I'm looking at this as a situation with CJ. I want to see him play at least a quarter and a half, but I love the fact that he's going up against an aged veteran stellar defensive coordinator who has been known to utilize pre and post snap defenses and looks and disguises to throw off your quarterback. I want to see how CJ adjusts from the college level of defense to the NFL level of defenses when everything may not seem, may not look to be what it seems. Hmm. For me, I'm just looking at defense, but for the Houston Texans, you know, ever since the start of training camp. Matter of fact, ever since the start of um, OTAs, you know, I came on this show, wrote about it on Sports Illustrated of how good this defense has looked, period, point blank. As I told Cameron, I'm going to repeat it again. Today marks day 15 of training camp, and the Houston Texans defense alone has a total of 13. Team takeaways, but that is going up against an offense where you have a rookie quarterback taking first team reps and you have a depleted offensive line. When you look at the Miami Dolphins, you take a look at their speed. You just heard Cameron said, you look at it from a standpoint, this is definitely going to be an opportunity for this defense to get a true test, especially for that secondary, seeing how they cover these wide receivers, man. I cannot wait to see it. That is something I'm definitely going to keep my eyes set on for the next two days of joint practices at the Houston Methodist Training Center. John, I agree with you. Um, I think C.J. Stroud, you know, I, I would be okay if he plays a whole entire half on Saturday because he definitely needs to get into the rhythm of playing football on the NFL level, um, all the starters as a matter of fact. And one last thing before moving on, um, I'm excited to see Coach D'Amico Ryan's and offensive coordinator Bobby Sloy get that extra time during these joint practices to get accustomed to calling plays and making quote-unquote in-game adjustments. And I'm using that in air quotation marks only because we know that both of these teams is going to be giving it their all during 11 on 11. Hopefully no fights break out, but, you know, the last two days of training camp for the Texans has been a little bit different. But, you know, I really believe that, Everything that we have been that we have been saying for the Houston Texans, both good and bad, this is an opportunity for either for them to continue to improve or clean up some of those mishaps. Welcome back in, locked on Texan listeners and viewers. Got a lot from Cameron Wolf. Got a lot of that conversation from the uh, joint practice preview. What Cody and I are looking forward to overall. That's speed for the Miami Dolphins. I mean, it kills, and so. Steven Nelson, Derek Stingley is going to have his hands full. Mm-hmm. He, he, he had an opportunity to go up against some fast guys. But I think now that he's going to be able to cover them, like, you know, when they drafted him, how do you feel about covering the number one guy? Now he's going to be able to do that full time, right? And so I'm excited to see that. I'm, I'm anticipating those mm-hmm. matchups between I'm Derek saying. Stingley and some of these number ones, especially those with that speed. But for I'm Houston saying. – they are going to get a full team versus the Dolphins on Saturday. No Titus Howard, of course, but I presume Larry Tunsil will be out on the field. Damian Pierce will be out on the field. So you get a better look at that offensive line and that run game. And then you should see more of Robert Woods. You should see you should see more of Noah Brown, excuse me. The full team versus the Miami Dolphins. Cody, what are you looking forward to? Once again, just like I mentioned in that second segment, you know, it's mainly more so on the 
offensive side of the ball because that is where we have been seeing a lot of the struggles. Like, for example, I came on the show a couple of days ago and talked about how Noah Brown hasn't – he hasn't really done much in training camp. Yeah, he caught a couple of receptions here and there, but it's not enough for him to – live up to that what, what is he getting paid like 10 and a half million for this whole entire season like it's just not enough like i want to see more um and in terms of noah brown i believe out of the 14 days of training camp he has been one of the most consistent wide receivers in the passing game now i want to see him go up against another defense to see whether or not he could continue that consistency the same with nico collins as well and john you know you just finished talking about Derek stingley jr i think this is going to be the true test and when you was talking about miami speed i kept saying i'm a little bit scared i'm a little bit scared only because I've seen Nico Collins beat Derek Stingley Jr. a couple on a couple of occasions throughout training camp. And I look at that from a standpoint, you know, hopefully, you know, like the Texans favorite saying these days, iron sharpens iron. Um, you know, hopefully, <laughs> you know, hopefully he has had an opportunity to adjust his speed or do whatever he has to do in order to not get beat. Because early in training camp, Nico Collins did have his numbers. And I'm looking at that from a standpoint, if Nico's beating him, what you think Tyreek Kill is going to do to him? One of the things I'm looking forward to, just the run game and, and, and getting Larry Tunsil out there, you know, the unfair judgment and criticism that came to CJ Stroud with George Fan and Austin Declan out there. I don't think that's going to be the case. You got one of, if not the best left tackle in the league and got Trent Williams out there. You also got Andrew Thomas from New York, but bar none, Larry Tunsil was no more than third on their left tackle list. Uh, get him there on the field, Damian Pierce. You get some good looks at him and get him in the action. So that's a part of that run game. And he's a player that Houston has really, like throughout training camp, Houston has really made sure that they work in, whether that's on the ground or through the air. I'm looking forward to a full offense and how they establish the run. Regardless of how we feel about Tank Dale, about John Mitchell, about New Collins, this team from day one has mentioned how they want to establish the run. So I want to see that with your starting running back. I want to see that with majority uh, four out of five of your offensive linemen that starts on the field. That's what I want to see. And I do want to mention this before moving on. Um, I think one of the other things I'm going to be looking at is how this tight end core can actually help uh, with the run protection, with the pass protection, because this offensive line, unfortunately, is depleted. However, you look at a guy like TQ, there's been moments we talked about his 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 attribute as a run blocker. You know, we talked about Dalton Schultz, Jordan Murray, a guy who has looked really good throughout training camp. I want to see if these guys can not only stay consistent, but see if they can live up to all the things that we have been praising them for. And this tight end core, this is, a, this is going to be a really good opportunity for somebody like Jordan Murray, who has been one of the most consistent guys in that position group due to all the injuries that they have been dealing with. So that is another thing that I want to, that I want to make sure I keep an eye out on as well. Thank you guys for checking out today's episode of the Locked On Texan podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Locked On Texans, and also subscribe, like, and comment to the Locked On Texan podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, including YouTube as well. 
And as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.